Yo, welcome to the Hive Hustle, the captivating podcast about street culture, dance, whatever they're out there that has motivated me, pushed me to the next level, and really given me my identity. It's official now, the Hive Hustle podcast about to sit you down, go and fix your crown. This ain't a grain of salt, salt. pick your brain and thoughts, even through a major loss, still remain a ball. So, I got a great guest today. Man, this dude, mm. like for real, in the past like two years, I've gotten to know him really well, and he's just really blown my mind. Um, great friend, great dancer, mover, Jesse Sykes. What's good, what's good? What up, man? Come on. Hey, thank you. Yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you Appreciate for having you. me, man, or allowing me to have you. Um, let's just get started. Let's get into it, man. All right. Who is Jesse Sykes? What makes you you? And tell, start from the beginning. Man, I knew you were going to set up some crazy questions. Um, we're diving in. Uh, Jesse Sykes is striving to be an authentic, genuine human whilst pushing everyone around him to be better to to grow jesse sykes is uh is a hustler in both strong and gentle ways jesse sykes is both grace but also structure concrete i am a multifaceted human that just really loves life is passionate about life is passionate about serving others and passionate mm -hmm. about uh my purpose on this planet, you know? And so for me, I'm uh, living in my truth and I truly know who Jesse Sykes is. So in essence, Jesse Sykes is 31 and a half years carved out, seeking sort of this sense of identity and once found uh, unapologetically navigating his surroundings. Mm. Okay, born in Salt Lake City? No, born in Corpus Christi, Texas. Whoa. Yeah. Did, that's something new. Yeah, something hey, new. Hey, we learning. Yeah. Um, so born in Corpus Christi, Texas. They would message me. Born in Corpus Christi, Texas. When did you get to Utah? Oh, man. So. This is going to be a funny episode. <laughs> this is. Um, so I grew up an Air Force brat. So my father served 40 plus years in the Air Force, which is incredible. Okay. Um, so because of that, we actually lived all over the states. We ping-ponged from Texas to New Mexico to as far as Alaska, eventually landing in Utah. Okay. So born in Corpus Christi, spent a little time there, and then my dad got orders. So we started, that kind of started the two to four year refresh. Mm -hmm. And um, I would say that I personally still rep Utah. I grew up most of my life there. Mm. We moved there when I was younger. I was 10, I believe, when okay. we actually got there. So um, transitioned from Alaska to Utah, grew up there. And uh, yeah, I mean, that's kind of what I know the best. Yeah. That's where my most core memories come from. So yes. I still rep Utah through and through. But no one really knows that I'm originally from Corpus Christi. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, we got the inside scoop, Yeah, we got the inside. Um, now, quick question. Where did street dance come into play or dance in general? Because obviously you're not just a street dancer. Yeah. You're technically trained too. Yeah. 
Okay. So where did dance come from? Was it studio first? Was it street first? Like, I know this is a lot of questions, but I want to dive deep. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I actually was kind of in a way following in the footsteps of my older brother, James. He's, uh, I'm the youngest of five, all boys. Wow. And uh, all boys. God bless my mother. Oh, crap. Yeah. God bless my mom. Only Uh, woman in the house. Yeah. Um, but my brother James was really into R&B, okay. uh, neo-soul, hip-hop, and so he was, you know, he was mimicking Usher. He was he was big fan of B2K, like he mm. was always, you know, introducing and me to- And he's your older one, right? He's my older brother, yeah. Was he like the oldest? No, no, he's the middle child. Okay. Middle child, yeah. But he was like the one that you like- Really, really vibed with. Yeah, growing up, he was he was probably the closest to me. Okay, um, we shared a lot of the same interests, and in a way, I'm just looking at him also as his younger brother. Like I kind of like had that that role model, that yeah. idol in him. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So that's the first he, big homie. That's the first big homie, right? Mm-hmm. And uh, he was the type of person to like be really immersed within the arts. He sang, he danced. Um, was always around something, some function, some some party, some. He was always at the club, always, you know, getting down. Mm-hmm. And um, you know, I would see him dance. And I also had this natural, innate connection to music through my parents. Both my parents, uh, my mother's side being Puerto Rican, mm-hmm. culturally, music was a big part of everything. But then my father was a singer too, which is where my brother gets his talent. So, being around those three specifically, kind of cultivated an environment where I was around music. I was around movement, right? So whenever my mom and her sisters, her side of the family would come over, we were exposed to her culture. And then whenever my brother would get back from the club, he'd be he'd be moonwalking, he'd be throwing the the U chain around, Ooh. he'd be mimicking, he'd be doing all of that, right? And uh I was around it. I was interested. I had that I had that bounce. I had that innate feeling to it. But it wasn't actually until Utah, which is ironic because the culture isn't extremely diverse there, mm-hmm. but we just so happened to stumble across something beautiful, a gem. Um, I found street dance, not in a studio, not uh, at a session, nothing planned. I found street dance in the streets. Um, Utah, throughout my upbringing, throughout my growth in the community there, there's this beautiful, beautiful event called Funk Night. Okay. And Funk Night was, uh, was on Tuesdays downtown at the Salt Lake City Library and a variety of DJs would spin and dancers of all styles, all walks of life would just come get down. And it was outdoors, it was a vibey ass session. And I remember we, we were venturing out to Salt Lake City, just getting to know Utah a little bit better, me and my family. And uh, we stumbled across Funk Night. And I see one man in the cypher, and that's all it took, Robot Rob, Robot I Rob is one name. of our yeah. The name. It's interesting because he's not much older than we are, so he's technically not OG. But in a way, we look at him as an OG because he was one of the he first probably to really. a lot of y'all on. Yeah, that's and like for real to me. He's like exactly. a couple years older than me, but that's yeah. the big homie. Yeah, and and just the 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 love for the craft, the love, the passion was there. I see Rob doing this crazy animation set in the middle of this cypher. Following up, I see Micah Clark. Shout out to Micah Clark. I see Devon McCullough. I see E Boogie. I see like a bunch of the like the Utah heads like just getting down and I hadn't really I don't know anyone at this point. The only person I knew at this point was someone up north named Murphy Yang and he was dancing too. But 
I mean, these were just friends, like normal, regular friends that I had. Then I stumbled across these superheroes. I see Rob animate one time and I'm just like, yo, that 15 year old inside of me is just like tripping. I'm tripping. Mm -hmm. And I'm and I'm like, I see my brother kind of mimic this shit. But this is the real deal. Mm -hmm. Like I'm witnessing hip hop culture in front of me. You know what I'm saying? I'm witnessing funk culture in front of me. Mm -hmm. I'm seeing this lovely exchange in the cypher. I'm witnessing a real cypher for the first Mm -hmm. time. I bug everybody. I bug everybody. I'm like, you know what? I need to be around this. There was something, there was a calling there Mm -hmm. immediately from like my center of my chest. I couldn't, it was like I was magnetized to it, right? Mm -hmm. And Rob was so cool, like the coolest dude ever. He just goes, you know, uh, yeah, man, this is what we get. We we do. We get, we just get down. And if you, in the heart of artistic innovation and urban vibrancy, Swarm Culture stands as a dynamic and captivating brand that serves as both a sanctuary and a launching pad for crump dancing, roller skating, hip hop, and street culture. Through curated events, workshops, performances, and collaborations, Swarm Brand strives to empower individuals from all walks of life celebrating diversity and inspiring unity through the shared language of art. Visit us today at swarmeverything.com. Like, you'll learn just from watching. He's like, I'm not a teacher. I'm going to teach you, but you'll learn here. And and he just, you know, kind of in a way invited me in uh, and was like, hey, I don't know you, you don't know me, but we all know this dance, so so come vibe. Yeah, yeah. And and that was like my actual introduction into street dance. Mm. It was like literally kind of just jumping off the diving board straight in. Mm. And uh, the, the Utah community really kind of just made space for me immediately, which was really, really beautiful. And then that, that feeling continued to be a conductor and that led me into other paths within my dance. Um, being essentially from Utah and born into that Utah community, I found myself really venturing out into other lanes, really wanting to hone in because I felt the love from the community of the street dancers and I knew there was more. I knew there was more. So naturally, like me being sort of this extremely passionate and fully immersive sort of person, like I want I want to do the diligence to learn and and to respect the culture and to respect the traditions and to Mm -hmm. learn and and be present in it. So I went head first and naturally that led me into the other spaces that I occupied. Yeah. Okay. So Utah. Now, when you met robot Rob, how old were you? I was 15 at that time. Really? Yeah. So I started 16 years ago. Yeah. Cause you're 31. now. I'm 31 now. Yeah. Correct. Yeah, sounds about right. Yeah. Teenage years, you're yeah. just exploring. Yeah, r- absolutely. Okay. Now, were there any performances, dancers specifically, like, that left a lasting impact on you? Maybe a performance of your own? Yeah. Maybe somebody that you've seen besides Robot Rob, because obviously you talked about right, that. Right, right. But this one, like, that made you want to pursue it as a career. Yeah, man. So many. I mean, the Utah community... What especially at this time was quite slept on. Mm-hmm. It was like just a bunch of gems just chilling together and not yeah. really uh, expanding outside of Utah, which was amazing because when I when I initially uh, got exposed to the culture and started kind of like implementing myself deeper into its roots, I uh, I started realizing how special the community was. Okay. And and um, there was a lot of people like 
Micah Clark, Josh Eunice, um, even E-Boogie, um, people that were starting to kind of get booked for their for their passion, okay. you know, and so I start seeing them, you know, create a living off of it. They're teaching classes, mm-hmm. they're hosting events, throwing mm-hmm. battles, right? Yeah. And I start realizing that there's this, um, you know, that there's this duality to it where you could make it a career. Mm-hmm. It's not just like you could choose to just do it for the pure joy, but you could also make a career out of it. Yeah. So I'm starting to meet through through Micah, through Josh, through some of these key players, mm-hmm. uh, B-Boy Perkins, uh, uh, or excuse me, B-Boy Text, Josh Perkins too. Um, I'm starting to meet all these key players and they're starting to introduce me to people. I'm starting to go to battles. I'm starting to realize that there's more to it. It's and expanding. about what year, how old were you? I mean, I immediately started going. So really? even so in that first year, old. I was like, tell me where I need to be. Okay. I was at that point where I was just kind of like, uh, if I'm going to do this, I'm going to do it. Mm-hmm. I'm not just going to hold back. I was I was bugging my dad for rides at first initially to every single funk night. Then that turned into Thursday nights was house night. Then mm-hmm. it turned into Friday nights were session nights at, at different studios. So a couple nights I, a week. A couple nights a week turned into seven days a week real quickly. Makes sense. And so I was getting myself super integrated and and as that was happening i was starting to realize since the community was quite vast and there was many different ways of going about it i met people like jeffrey louisia who jeffrey louisia was on odyssey dance theater and he has a stable career as not only a hip-hop dancer but also a a classically trained dancer so he's now look i'm looking at him and i'm like wow this man has you know a family this man has you know, like a nice whip and this guy's like, I'm looking at more of like, wow, you can make this a living. Yeah. So Jeffrey was one of those first people, uh, and seeing even some of these street dancers like Micah really like get booked mm-hmm. and, and, and get paid to judge, paid to teach mm-hmm. made me realize like that with the work, with the respect for the culture and, and being fully immersed in it, that I could make it a career. Yeah. And so I'm, I'm like, not even necessarily looking at uh, anything beyond. I, I was I was keeping my radar strictly Utah because yeah. I had, like I said, I had these gems everywhere. I didn't have, I didn't have to outsource. Mm. And then, as I'm growing, I'm I'm getting, you know, more integrated into crews. I'm now in a crew called Ensoul at this time. I'm in okay. another crew called Boogie Tex. A few few months later, I'm around dancers that are like pursuing it. You know, and Estevan gifted us the most beautiful thing. He brought Boogie Frantic to Utah. I remember that. That was that alone. Yeah. And then following up Boogie Frantic, he brought Pop and Todd. Yeah. Those two I remember yeah. single handedly then shifted the level for me, realizing there's masters out there. Mm-hmm. Like true masters, people that you can tell they've they've got their their grit. They've got they've got their skin in their game and mm. they've been doing it. So seeing someone like a frantic, seeing someone like a Todd, then starting to realize like some of these judges that are coming in are like from from Cali, from LA, from New York, from mm-hmm. places where it was being cultivated from the start, the birthplaces, right? And I'm sitting here realizing like, yo, I need to get out. So as soon as I saw Frantic, as soon as I saw Todd, I was like, there's levels to this shit. There's such like deep levels to this shit that I started traveling more. And I remember there was a pivot point for me that realized that I could do this as a career based off of level, based off of skill and how much love I have for it. 
I came down ironically here to Vegas. Really? 2012 Vegas Shakedown. Oh, I remember that event. I, I was training popping, bro. I was a couple years in the game. Yeah. I was like, man, you know what? Estevan, third degree, and a few of the poppers from yep. Utah that we were like, we were labbing. But yeah. granted, we didn't know shit. You know, we'd been exposed to Utah. We come down. We, we caravan down to Shakedown. I swear there's like 30 Utah heads here because a bunch of people entered the 3v3 b-boy category. Yep. I remember. Vegas Shakedown was a really, really like pivotal event for Vegas dance. Legendary, right? And so I come down, (laughs) and this is so funny. I enter this popping battle being like still a novice in the game, you know Mm -hmm. what I'm saying? But knowing that there's levels to it and knowing like I need to start traveling and you start getting out. So it was kind of like in a way my idea to be like, yo, pack the car. We're going to this event. I don't know anything. I don't know who's going to be there. We're probably all going to get smoked. But I want to pursue this. I yeah. want to pursue this. I want to follow take this, this dream, right? I want to take lesson. that lesson, right? Yeah. And uh, I come down I, I'm, and I'm surrounded by legends. Mm-hmm. That, that year specifically, Junior Boogaloo, Slim yeah, Boogie, Chase Smooth, yeah. Frantic, uh, Nicodemus. Tin Man, Heartbreak, Mm -hmm. you know, like I I come in and I'm just like, whoo, this is a stacked room. And I'm watching all these, these gods to me at this time. Mm. And I'm like, man, this is insane. I enter the battle and I make top 16 somehow. Guess who I get first round? What? Big fucking heartbreak. (laughs) (laughs) And he beats me up like destroys me well that was i love heartbreak to death i feel like he's hitting his second prime now but yeah, that, yeah, yeah 2012 was his prime that prime. was deadly time like i think if i'm not mistaken that year he won hhi too yeah i popping. believe so yeah so yeah. like that was a year that you wasn't messing with <sighs> you wasn't messing with heartbreak no man between 2012 and 2015 yeah he was unstoppable he gave me a workshop mid-battle yeah, yeah. That's what he does. Yeah. Oh, mind you, I was in, in 2009, I was in a living room, kitchen, labbing with him. Yeah. So I, I know. You know. Yeah. Yeah. And it's crazy. It's really beautiful to see him coming back and, and obviously just recently just won, won R&B's, R&B's 2023, yeah. right? Um, and it's crazy because him and I talk about that moment all the time. We talked about it at the event. The R&B's, you yeah. know what I'm saying? And so... Like being around these professionals, these people that were like really it made in the culture. Hungry, it made me so damn hungry, bro. From that point, that battle single-handedly shifted the way that I viewed uh, myself as an artist, how I viewed the community, getting like real exposure to people from all over, mm-hmm. all kind of this melting pot of Vegas at this event. Even watching the B-Boys too. You know, I yeah. watched everything. I was learning yeah. as much as I could. I didn't want to leave. I was loitering like a motherfucker mm-hmm. this whole event. If I'm not mistaken... That was right right around the time the district opened. Yeah, yeah. Because they just hit 10 years. Yeah, yeah. And that's when I was teaching Crump at district. And that's 2012 or 2013 is when they had the Seven to Smoke in their mm-hmm. anniversary. Yep. And I battled uh, Larry from the Les Twins and I beat him. Yeah, I remember that yeah. too. So I understand like, like what you're talking about is crazy to me. Because you're talking about somebody that literally had no clue yeah. what the culture was. Yeah. Came and saw a couple of people dancing and immediately gets inspired. Right. That's insane to me. Because me, I grew up around this. Yeah, true. Like, I was 11 years old at the skating rink watching people roller skate. Yep. Because we had nothing else to do. Yeah. You get what I'm saying? Right, we right. Were, there was people going to Circus Circus 
on the strip back in the early 90s battling at Circus Circus. It's crazy. Like, to see the difference in cultures from where you live and where you grow up. Right. And how you can be introduced to street culture. Yeah. This culture is life-changing, man. It really is. So, now... We talked about Salt Lake City. Yeah. Obviously. That's your right. roots. Yeah. That's where you learned a lot of what you learned. What made you move to Vegas? Ooh. And what do you notice differently about Salt Lake City scene and Vegas right. scene? And how do you feel about it? Mm. I So blessed with the many opportunities that I've had in this game. Um because from that point forward, from uh, Shakedown, that fire was lit, and I worked harder than anybody. Mm-hmm. I outworked everybody. All the people I was losing to, the tides turned, mm-hmm. all the battles. I started teaching. I started, uh, you know, I joined Odyssey Dance Theater for a little while. I was realizing too. Um, creating platforms is really important, right? Hosting Mm -hmm. sessions, creating space, uh, being more connected to my crews more than ever, um, just being fully in it, you Mm -hmm. know what I'm saying? So naturally, I took this dense time, like maybe five to seven years to just train. Utah was such a beautiful place because not only did it allow me to uh, have balance when it comes to- At Swarm Branding, We're not just a digital marketing agency. We're your key to online success. Let's take a closer look at the services that can transform your brand. Graphic design, web design, search engine optimization, print media, social media services, and content marketing services. Swarm Branding is your full-service digital marketing powerhouse committed to making your brand a digital sensation. Don't wait. Visit us today at swarmeverything.com. To environment because Utah is a gorgeous place yeah but it also allowed me to cocoon because the community is not as big and we had to sort of outsource from that point to bring people in yeah. and or travel to events yeah Utah gave me this this kind of like hyperbolic time chamber if you will I was able to go and 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 curate a healthy practice for myself mm. right so then that led into moving to LA for a little while. That led into, I lived in Colorado for a little while. That li- moved into, I spent some time in the Pacific Northwest for a while. That mm. led into moving to New York for a little while. Really? Really getting to the point to where I was extremely nomadic because I was seeking the culture. And I wanted to learn from people that one, were pioneering uh, or pioneers, OGs, or just even like to gain new information through the experience of traveling, through the culture of traveling, and bringing it back to Utah, right? Hmm. I got to this point where uh, I started getting booked more often yeah. because I was active in it. I was, yeah. I was present in it. I was growing, right? Yeah. And through that nurturing and through the passion and the honesty being there mm-hmm. and the respect being there, people saw me, you know? And I thought that was really beautiful and it's such a blessing, such a privilege. So as I started working more and started realizing that, nine out of 10 jobs didn't come from Utah. You know yeah. what I'm saying? And, and realizing like, damn, I gave up on college, even though I, I could have got a scholarship with soccer, 
Mm-hmm. Uh, so I gave up on sports. Too. Athletic as well. I gave up sports entirely okay. at one point. So during that upbringing, I was also playing sports, trying to figure out what's for me, yeah. trying it all. You know what like I'm saying? Like when you first met Robot Rob, you were probably playing I was high dense soccer, in soccer in high school. Yeah. yeah, exactly. Makes sense. Yeah, and so I got to this point where I'm like, man, if this is what it is, if I am going to be a dancer, a professional mm-hmm. dancer, um, I need to travel and seek it. I was doing that always bringing it home, always trying my best to give it back to the community and, uh, you know, sort of be that conductor for others. And I started realizing like I needed to be somewhere geographically that made more sense for me. Right. So prior to the pandemic, I lived here. I moved in with Reset. Shout out to Hybrid's crew. And, and I think I remember that. Yeah. I came out here for the, I came out for the magic show. Masters yes. of Illusion at Bally's. I remember that. Okay, yeah. Now. Okay. So I got a taste of what Vegas was like. Okay. Granted, I was more locked down with the show. Mm-hmm. Um, I was still able to go to all the functions, go to all the battles, go to all, yeah. the, all of this, right? Seeing legends, you know, seeing the Vegas community and the level being like literally. further in it, right? So fast forward to now, it was calling to me because I knew what it was like here. Granted, uh, I would have actually been here sooner if, if the, the pandemic, pandemic didn't, didn't happen. happen. You yeah, know what I'm saying? Makes sense. And so uh, I knew I wanted to be somewhere where I had not only geographically put myself somewhere where I could thrive as an artist. Yeah. Because uh, Vegas has an international airport. Exactly. You that, can get anywhere and everywhere from, so, I'm not even going to call it Harry Reid. Fuck Harry Reid. <laughs> Forget Harry Reid. Sorry, YouTube. Um it's McCarran Airport to me. It is. It will to always me as well. be. And McCarran I'm not even Airport. from here. <laughs> um, like, I'm sorry. I grew up out here. It's never going to be Harry Reid Airport yeah. to me. Ever. So ever. I'll make my own link on Instagram and put <laughs> McCarran. I don't care. That's so amazing. But bro. yes, that makes sense. It makes sense. It makes yeah. sense to be out here because obviously you're in the center of it all. Yeah. And, and Vegas is low key becoming an epic center, man. Like, right. we're literally right. the new LA. Yeah. But the, 100%. A- the Aces have a team. Yep. A dance team. Yep. Um, the Knights have the cheerleaders. Yeah. Um, which half of the dancers that were in crews, hip hop crews, are, are now the, cheerleaders. The, they're there, yeah. Um, there's hella shows. Yep. Like, there's so many different shows you could be a part of. Right. Um, right. On top of that, like, just the community, Bougie Block, all the events. Like, I think. It, this summer, we've had probably like 15 events. Yeah, if not more. Probably it's more. Crazy. It's been crazy. Yeah. So ultimately, yeah, it makes sense. Yeah. Now, biggest question I feel is out of this whole interview to me. Yeah. Um, share a memorable mo- moment, like a memorable moment of your early days as a freestyle dancer, mm. right? Was there a... a I no no no. Actually, my my apologies. Talk about challenges. Mm. I need to hear while you were pursuing dance. Right. Obviously, the gigs didn't just come. Right. Right. So, how did you balance the ability to be a freelance dancer in right. a sense? Right. And still make a living, and still like have to be mentally prepared, mentally ready. Yeah. Um, how did you overcome them? Like, how did you overcome your challenges and what were some of the challenges that you right, had? Right. I mean, especially that transition point uh, where you decide that it's a career. Yeah. You know, I think when you start to have that calling into uh, your career field in general and that transition where it's like, wow, I uh, 
I want to figure out a way where I can keep this pure, but I can make this passion into something that can sustain my lifestyle, mm-hmm. that I can have the things that I desire in life, uh, and which isn't a lot, you know, but have the things that really can create balance in my life mm-hmm. while still pursuing this. That was my biggest challenge is the transition point from working normal nine to fives and becoming an entrepreneur Mm -hmm. and understanding the business side of it, right? Mm -hmm. And understanding that the business side of it also is okay. I think that was a big challenge for me. Bro, I'm so glad you said that. I'm not cutting you off or anything, but people don't understand business. Yeah, right. If I can learn anything from being in the building that we're in. Yeah. Coming from where I came from in 2018, Mm living downtown, Ubering for a living, trying to make ends meet, right, doing right. downtown gigs, paying yeah. 50 bucks yep. because of whatever reason that they didn't have the budget. But yeah. it's worth it. Yes. And if you get your business right and you do right by people, mm-hmm. keep your side of the street clean, like treat people with respect. Yeah. Because if anybody knows, I know. Like I've had yeah. instances where I've had problems. Right. You know right. what I'm saying? And... Since I've gotten it right and I've made sure I communicate effectively, yeah. over communicate if you can, yep, it's changed everything. Everything that's why I have what I have now, right? Because right. I was able to go through that, yeah. So, yeah, continue, speak on that, man. Yeah. Speak on the, so the challenges. It's so interesting because part of you starts and the root is so pure, right? And you want to, uh, especially because at the core of it. We're guests in this. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it's hard for us even to accept a dollar because right, it's not our right. culture. And 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 naturally also seeing the leaders in my community that I mm-hmm. came from and even communities that I'm that I'm traveling to right yeah. now give so much. Yeah, literally. And and ask for nothing in return. Mm-hmm. Like who am I to to ask for something, yeah. ask for a resource, right? It's hard. It's it's hard. It's like there's that there's two sides of it, right? But for me, the challenge was one to decide and two to commit and three to understand that it's OK. And mm-hmm. while while I'm in that, understanding that uh, those resources, I view them just as energy. If I'm able to sustain and balance my energy, mm-hmm. I'm able to produce energy. Mm-hmm. So it's circular. And in that meaning, if you pay me a hundred dollars for a private lesson, that $100 is going to go into me studying as well. I'm a, I'm a student in this through through and through, right? Yeah. Um, and I'm in service. That's the biggest thing is my business is a, is a service. Yeah. Uh, it's not about me. And so realizing that and, and kind of honing in on what I represent and how that authenticity creates a real impact, right? And, mm-hmm. and there's... Uh, there's a um, there's kind of like this energy surrounding that will keep that will keep that going right mm-hmm. and that's resource and so transitioning into a business realizing my own worth and how by even even though this money is circular and it's going to come back into the culture always yeah. I'm always going to pay my mentors yeah uh, I'm going to always uh, you know donate my time at events, yeah, uh, you know, course. do things for free, learn about other aspects of the culture. Like I'm picking up MCing, I'm doing like different things to just always give back and, and understanding too, though, like I need to have something on my plate so I can give back, give back input it's, it's and a, output. It, yep. Yeah. So being able to, uh, overcome challenges 
always helped me grow closer to who I am in this, mm. right? And and keeping that pure to the best of my ability has always been the biggest challenge, right? Because gotcha. I don't want my head to inflate. I am pretty damn good about keeping level-headed. Thank you to my parents. Thank you to my community, my peers, the people that are really in, you know, at the grassroots level, really teaching me, you know, I'm, yeah. I'm still learning. I'm still a baby in this, you know what I'm saying? And um, I think like those are the biggest challenges that I constantly face is like, I do also understand that when I determine my worth, I'm setting that up for the next generation too. Yeah. In five generations, our dancers will be paid properly. Exactly. Artists will be paid properly. Hopefully it's sooner. And hopefully sooner than yeah. that, you know what I'm saying? Well, you just mentioned something. So you had the support of your family. Yeah. yeah. Now, that's a big thing. Right. Because obviously you're 31. Yep. So what? 92? Yeah. Okay. You were born in 92. Obviously you were raised early 2000s. Yeah. Um, because you were what? 10 in 2002? Yeah. Oh my gosh. <laughs> wow. I was a sophomore in high school. Hell yeah. Let's go. Shh. I didn't, I didn't do that. Um, but family and support play like they play a crucial part. Yeah. In any artist journey. Right. So like, was your family always supportive or like when you told them to pursue dance? Cause my mom, when I told her I wanted to be an artist, yeah, literally was like, you need to go to college. Mm. And I hated it. I didn't, I hated school. Like right. I hate the, I hate taking choreography classes. Yeah. So in, in general, like that's why I book privates. That's why sense. the only way I can learn best is one-on-one. One-on-one. Whenever I had a tutor in school, it was amazing. I learned quick as heck. Yeah. But I hate class settings. Right, right, right. I don't know if it's an anxiety or what. So it really messed me up when it came yeah. to college or doing anything school-wise. I learned online very well. Right. So how did your family take you wanting to be a dancer as a career? Yeah, that's that's interesting. So especially coming And this from is the, the last question. Family. So Yeah. Especially being a military That's family. That had to play a huge part. Now, youngest of five, once again, all boys. My three oldest brothers are all in branches of the military. So think so about you're that fourth. for a second. I'm or, fifth. I'm the baby. So you're the baby. I'm the baby. Oh. Yeah. So they already military, military, military. military. Yeah. What the, and then your older then brother my is. My brother right above me. And was I, he the artist one? We're the two different. Oh, yeah, so he so set the tone. He kind of set the tone. He's uh, his name's Corey. He is a phenomenal artist. Draws. He he writes movie script. He okay. he does video game development. Varied. Like varied yeah. within his artistry. Okay. Um, Man, I've always wanted to yeah. develop games. Oh, so cool! I could develop so cool. apps. I could develop websites. But stories, I gotta get the yeah. That's the crazy all part. Of it. Yeah. And see, like UI design is different than yeah. building a storyline. Right. Right. <sighs> okay. Continue. So, my parents kind of got a taste of allowing him to make his own choices. Right. So then they kind of almost in a way I had it, I had it kind of like an alley-oop. Um, but the biggest thing for my father specifically was he, he wanted to know that I'd be good, that I could provide for myself, mm. that I could, uh, as any every, parent as would any want, any parent would want. Right. Um, you know, he was big on keep a job while you're pursuing this. Don't lose that job because of this. And once you're going to get to that point to where you can transition, he's like, lose the job. Yeah. He's but, like, because, and do it right. And do it right. He's like, it should, it should be 
there should be some harmony there when you transition. It shouldn't just be like you're dropping everything, moving to LA with $5 in your pocket and just going for it. He's like, that's not, that's not for everyone. He was aware of that. What it took, to be honest, was them coming to watch me perform and it's seeing in my eyes. You know what's crazy? I, I'm not cutting you off or anything, but same here. Crazy part is two totally different upbringings, yeah. right? Yeah, backgrounds. My background is straight street. Like yeah. I grew up in the hood, bro. Yeah. And my mom, when she seen me perform on Ellen mm. when I was 17 years old, I came back from Bakersfield, California. Yep. Because they paid for everything. Right. I was roller skating on, on Ellen before YouTube was even a thing. That's crazy. I, I tell people all the time, I have a major background in performing. Yeah, yeah. I just don't like doing it no more. Yeah, that's I fair. tell people all the time, inform, not perform. Yeah. I need to show you who I am. I don't want to make you feel good. You guys catch that? That's crazy. <laughs> but like I said, my mom saw me on Ellen. She's like, okay, you can do this. Right. And she's supported me ever since. Oh, that's so beautiful. It's crazy, man. It's crazy. They just got to see it. Yeah. Because, because it's, it, it's one of those things where... Especially because your parents, like, they know you, you know what I'm saying? Like, especially if you've let them in. I've been real, like, uh, open with my family in all experiences, yeah. right? So my dad also knows where I am and knows where I am yeah. while I'm moving. Yeah. And then for him to actually see it yeah. and for him to feel it mm -hmm. and to have my mother feel it, yeah. that's all it took. Yeah. And, uh, and also one thing that was really, really special that helped them believe in it even further was them experiencing community because they come like like I said my, my father comes from a singing background all his brothers sing he sings my mother comes from beautiful Puerto Rican family yeah. um, they're around the culture yeah they're they're like they're, my parents are from Brooklyn you know so like wow. like they they're, so they were they, they, they grew up in hip-hop yeah. you know so for them to come to events like they still come to events yeah. they'll go to events if I'm not, not even in Utah I'll send them flyers and they'll, they'll pull up and support other homies they're so about it because they they almost are reminded of their childhood yeah. through it. So oh, yeah. they see, you know, I come into the room, I perform, they see the passion in motion, and then they see the people supporting one another, yeah. lifting one another, and they're like, damn, this is better than any career that he could choose. Because the only other thing that they saw that I would be able to have that same camaraderie and fellowship in was sports, but they saw that I was tied uh, to sports for a while, but then they saw me releasing those reins to make room for, for art, like, and, and, and dance. And they realized they're kind of one and the same, and, and I could still have, like, a healthy mind, body, and soul in both aspects of my dad. Was just like, the choice is yours. I've seen you perform in both, and I see you're alive. You're, you're truly living in both. That's all that matters to me at this point. He's like, I'll just make sure that you move in a way where you can sustain that you can make that last longer so even going back to the question about Vegas and like being here that was something too that he pushed me towards you know he's like be somewhere where you can thrive where that passion can have support yeah man well this has been great it's been amazing like street culture and dance graffiti hip hop crumb they change, they change, change people's, people's lives, lives. Yeah. and that's, that's why I'm doing, doing this podcast, podcast because people don't know us as humans, right? And they don't, they don't understand, understand that 
We have to go all the way down to. We have to go all the rest too. We have to live day to day. And especially people with like, you're like, you're a dude that literally lives in this Yeah. So it's like, and not only that, you're available. Mm-hmm. There's, a There's a lot, lot of people, people with your type, type of following, or your, or your type, type of, of, I would say, legendary presence, because I personally believe that about you. Like, you Thank really you. have a presence when you walk in the room. I appreciate But, like you said, you keep your head on a swivel, yeah. and you are and you make sure that you're present and you're right there yeah, in the moment. And there's not a lot of people that can do that, man. Right. Right. So, first and foremost, thank y'all. If y'all made it to the end, um, this was probably a little bit longer one, but it's okay. I appreciate you for tuning in. I'm going to keep doing these. I got many people uh, on the wrap to do it. Subscribe. Put that notification bell up. Like the video so I can get in the algorithm. Um, and this is Jesse Sykes, y'all. Uh, artist, human, mover, dancer, creative, entrepreneur. Have a good one. We'll see y'all next one. Peace out. It's official now. The Hive Hustle Podcast about to sit you down. Go and fix your crown. This ain't a grain of salt. Pick your brain and thoughts even through a major loss. Still remain.